All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Crossing Swords. As always, I'm Andrew. And I'm back in the old place. Yeah, back in the old location. This is a bit weird, isn't it? It feels familiar. It's nostalgia. Feels familiar. There's a real vibe for nostalgia lately, I've noticed. But like, We're I've, filling it. I mean, just in the short time I've been away, the uh, size this property has grown by astounds me every time. We've had the uh, we've had the servants working hard. Yeah, you can tell. In fact, I, I saw one scrubbing the floors with a toothbrush when I came in. I'm so sorry you had to see that. Yeah. We try not to let people see the servants. Yeah. Um, I hope he didn't make eye contact. A little bit. You're going to have to beat you him, have to lose you? another one. <laughs> now, when you say lose, what's happening to these poor fuckers? Legally, I can't say. Wow. Because it, it doesn't cover me in glory. Although I'm not performing any acts. No. The other servants perform the acts. <laughs> wow. It gets it's darker the deeper you go. Yeah, you, you don't want to go too deep. No. That's what she said. Traditionally, it's what I'm known for. What, going too deep? Yeah. Not what I've had. That's what uh, Big Daddy's Big motto is. Oh, Big Daddy go Big. Deep. Big Daddy Big goes too bit deep, yeah. Yeah. It's just whether you go too deep. I'm but not. I am also Big Daddy Big, so somewhere in here, I, feel like that's I like go deep. Part of you, though? It is part of me. It's a, it's, do you know what? How deep? It's a deep part of you. It really is. Too deep. Yeah, it is too deep. Big Daddy Deeps. Um, Big Daddy Big's too deep inside of you. Always. <coughs> yeah. That's an excellent yeah, and, start. and in some way, I think he's... Likes to be at least deep inside of everyone. What I love is that he I think was, there's a bit of Big Daddy Big in all of you. He was like a throwaway line in one episode and he's pretty much appeared in most things we've done. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I'm all right Big with Daddy it. Big Daddy Big. Big Daddy Big. Right, so we had some questions left over, didn't we, from another pod. So we thought we would just... Uh, yeah, some topics. To go them. through them. Well, you can kick things off, my man. Okay. What's the worst customer slash customer experience you've ever had at work? Like, like dealing with one. From me being on the end of being, yeah. oh man, there have been so many. What's the one that stands out in your mind? Um, there's a few that are like quite tough, but they're just customers you just have to experience. They're like a rite of passage almost, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the worst one, yeah, it's, it's really tough, man. I mean, in terms of a customer... Probably the one who accused me of being racist. Okay. That's up there. I've had that as well. She was having a, a shouting match with another customer. Okay. Absolutely slagging each other off. Yeah. And I just said to them both, no, you want to slag each other off, you do it outside. Yeah. You're not going to do that in here. This is a family establishment. Um, And the thing is, every time you went to walk away, she would, she would say something in French. <coughs> right. And he'd be like, I know you're talking shit about me, kind of thing. Like <laughs> I know you're talking about me. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "You need to stop." Yeah. I said because the only way this ends is if one of you leaves. Yeah. And every time he's about to leave, you keep pulling him back. And I and I said to him as well, I was like, "You need to ignore it and go." Yeah. And then she was like, "Oh, you just see an angry black woman, don't you? You racist." And I was like, <laughs> "Well, right now, in my defence, you are an angry black woman. Like you yeah. are. You are exactly actively what angry." Yeah. But I didn't. And I was you, just like, "You happen to be black." So I just kind of like. I don't know, I didn't know how to respond because it's not a nice thing to to be told and then you start questioning yourself and kind of think, am I like, who am I to say that her experience no, isn't real? Is, but At least in, like, you knowing yourself that you would have done that if that was two white people having an argument. I was doing it to both of them. I was But I had to, I had to question it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because you kind of think, well, she's the one experience. I don't get, to, you know, I've said to you before on this podcast, we don't get to tell someone that they're, 
what experiences, experiences aren't real yeah, no, no, or I aren't get valid. That. I get that. Um, um, but I have, I have. What's yours? Oh, there's probably two, but the one that, all, like, the cheekiest one I ever had was there was a lady that lived across the road from a store I worked in, and she'd bought some rolls in the store, and when she got them home, they were mouldy, and she came back in, and she was like, "My rolls are mouldy. I bought them this morning." Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, "I'm really sorry about that. I'll give you a refund and a replacement product." And she was like, what else are you going to do for me? Mate, what do you mean, what else? And I was like, pardon? And she was like, what else are you going to do for me? I said, I don't understand the question. And she was like, well, I've been inconvenienced. You know, I came here, bought my rolls, wanted to have my lunch. I go home and the rolls are mouldy and I've had to come back and get new rolls. And I was like, I can see your flat from here. Like, she literally lived across the road, so she wasn't being inconvenienced at all. And I said, also. Well, look, she was. Like she was well, a the little thing bit. Is, that, and that's why I'd already said you get a replacement product and your money back. You get free rolls. Yeah, you're going to get free rolls out of this. And she was like, "Well, that's not enough." And and at this point, I was like, I was just intrigued, and I was like, "So what would be out of curiosity?" And she was like, "Well, I'd want two boxes of chocolates and Mate, don't we four all? pints of milk." <laughs> and I just went, "Well, then that's not going to happen." <laughs> um, and she was like, "Why did you ask?" And I was just gen- genuinely curious what it was you requested. Yeah, had to know. Um, and uh, she got really arsy and I was like, well, look, I've been really polite. I've offered you your money back and a replacement product. That's the best I can do for you. If you're going to be start, she started getting quite aggressive. I was like, if you're going to start being rude, I won't even do that for you and you can deal with head office. Oh, yeah, no, tell her like, to be fair, my worst customer experience, customer experience was when I was in the betting shop. Yeah. And the guy basically waited outside for me. Really? And it was like throwing things around the place. What did you do to him? I think you might have told me this. Well, before. no, he so he came in at like six. Oh no, sorry, two o'clock in the in the afternoon. Okay, he'd gone out to get some shopping, yeah. and he decided to come in and sit on one of the machines. Yeah, he sunk a lot of money in them, and about six o'clock, he was actually up. Um, it was only about hundred quid or so, but he, he sunk up. a lot of money. But he was up, and he said to me, "I was doing the promotional changeover in the windows," and he said, yeah. "Get ready, I'm gonna, I'm cashing out." Yeah. I'm coming out and I'm going home. That was about six o'clock. We shut at 10. Mm. So come like 10 to 10, quarter to 10. And even before that, I'm like, just so, just to remind you, we shut at 10. Yeah. And and then it gets to the point where I'm like, okay, listen, man, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to have to. Yeah, I'm finished. I'm going to have to call. <laughs> I'm going to have to end the session. You can't, yeah. you know, I've, I've got to close up. And he was like, oh, are you happy to fucking watch me more? I was like, but first of all, I mean, I never said this, but in my head, I was like, no, I'm not happy. I think it's a, a damning indictment of. Your addictive personality and, and the yeah. fact that the gambling industry is set up it's not, not to help you. you that you're doing I, I'm this. not happy that the company's <laughs> taking your money for it. However, as I said, as I, as I did point out to a consultant, I was like, "Look, man, you 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 know you you're aware enough to know what's going on." I said, "You were up. You were you, you were ready to out. take it away with a with a a win. Yeah, with a profit." I said, and then you spent the next four hours losing, losing it. All. Like, I'm what you do when you're in this shop is not my responsibility. I said, no, it's not. But making you know. Being here to open and close, that is my responsibility. And right now it's my responsibility to close. Yeah, so you need to leave. Yeah, so that was probably the worst one. That was the one that triggered, that was the incident that How made me How did that make think, you feel? Well, like scared. Yeah. He was a big guy. He was a well-built guy. Yeah, he was like, but like, he was did like you feel gym, guilty afterwards or? No, not at all. No. But it made me, it did make me leave the job. Yeah. Because I was on my own. It's a lot of desperate way, people, isn't it? 
you tend to there's you tend to be a, on your own in bed there's shops, a lot of opening and closing on your own so you're with someone else for like the busy hours but yeah and then i said the next day my manager came in um or rather i came in and he was already there and i went through the situation and he just kind of went oh yeah and i was like bro i don't want to be in a, an environment where like that I'm level of threatened. sort of violence yeah. is treated in such a casual way as if like a well that's what happened because the thing like, is no that's not what happened you don't so what happened in the end did you just wait for him to leave and then no went out the back door oh okay fair enough because no one should have to be treated like that at work and the thing is like you're not at fault for the situation going on there you're just trying to earn a living and in the end you weren't comfortable with working there so well, like I said it wasn't so much the incident itself it's the fact that it was seen as the norm yeah. is just an oh, occupational yeah, hazard give, kind of thing. It's like, no, I don't want to... If that's an occupational hazard, that's not my occupation. Yeah. That's not the occupation It's a weird me. one because in most other places, like even working in retail, you're told if a customer is aggressive towards you, we're just going to ban them. We're not going to tolerate it. So <coughs> it's... No, yeah, you don't yeah. You don't put yourself in harm's way. You call the police. No, and, you, and like as you said, you were completely on your own as well. Mm. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Cool. Nice. Um... Okay, questions. Um, so, what do you think, bearing in mind that, that it's World Cup season, Yeah. what do you make of um, World Cup and wider than World Cup football uh, novelty songs in general from the squads and the players? Do you see it as like a fun team building or do you see it as a sort of distraction, pointless think, distraction? Uh, I'm, I'm sort of indifferent to it, I guess. I mean, I didn't grow up with, like there's that, England rapping um, Gavin hey, World and Stacey. I, I don't know what it's called. And um, John Barnes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to hold a game, but do yeah. it at, at the, the right time. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? You can be strong and fast, but you, you must, must get, get to, to the, the line. We've got to hit them and hurt them. Um, but that was like before our time, so to speak, I guess. Um, and I don't really remember any. The only one famous football song I knew growing up was Three Lines, and that was it, really. Um, I think to be honest, it depends how cringy it is. <laughs> They're always cringy. Like, yeah, three lions. I would say is like the exception. But when you look at like Ant and Deck, did one? I know Ant and Deck can't football. Yeah, like, Waddle and what about Glenn Hot? What about um, not Glenn Hoddle? Um, but uh, oh, what Terry Venables doing? Uh, if I can dream, by Elvis. I don't think I've seen that. It's great. I mean, it's not like a World Cup sort of thing. He just yeah. He's one of them geezers, this, a geezer, so they I think gets on the show and he sings. I personally would just rather the players were focusing on... Fog on the time, Gaza and... Well, to be honest, like you could make an argument looking back that all these like little distractions are the reasons why we haven't capitalised on the talent we've had over the years. It's not going to be the only reason, but I don't think it helps. So yeah, don't do it. You're not a fan of it? No. Because it makes you like a tit if you lose as well, doesn't it? Like yeah. when they do for the FA Cup final. Well, like it, it did annoy me during the Euros um, in the last tournament because there was people don't understand what football coming home is and what that whole movement is when we all get swept up in it, and that really bugged me. What you mean, a foreign? foreign yeah, press everyone else foreign... thought that it was this arrogant, and it wasn't. It's a very self-deprecating. Like we're shit, fans, we never we're win. More than aware of how shit we are, and that football very likely isn't ever coming home for a like. God knows. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you just end up looking like tits on a world stage when I'd rather the players were just enjoying themselves. And You're not, not a fan, you wouldn't football. have them. No, probably not, actually. What about you? Um, yeah, I kind of like them. I kind of think there's a kind of, uh, <coughs> like I said, it's a kind of fun, it helps you get swept up in the mania of it if your team releases a song. I think it looks better 
further the further on you go from it, maybe because like you can look back and go because if this current England squad released some sort of rap song about how they're going to win the World Cup in Qatar, and then we go out in the group stage, like we're not going to be very impressed with that and no one's going to feel swept up in it. But like further on, it might be like, oh, how hilarious was that song? Do you know what I mean? The further you get away from the pain of it. You know, it's interesting because I was, talking, I was listening to an interview with David Baddiel recently. Okay. Um, and he was talking about that because they were talking about, it must be great. It's like your own kind of Christmas song. They were like every, every couple of years, ka-ching, money <laughs> in the bag. Yeah. And he was like, well, first of all, it's, you know, it's not every year like Christmas. Second yeah. of all, no, do you remember all those times we didn't qualify? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and, and when we, when, you know, when we go out in the first round in the group yeah. stages, the song drops straight out of the charts immediately. There's no pitching. Yeah. No, no. It's like England need to be a lot better for me to be more profitable. Yeah, it's very I true. Mean, he's still done it. You know, they've done well out of that song. Yeah, he's not going hungry, is he? <coughs> Certainly not. No, none of them are. They could retire and live off that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But yet. Um, Oh yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the novelty songs. I don't care enough that it would personally bother me. Like, novelty I'm, songs have pretty much died out. Like, like in the kind well, of seventies, eighties, nineties, they were everywhere, and now yeah. they're pretty much nowhere. If England did one for this tournament, which I'm pretty sure we'd have already had it by now, if they were, but if they did and then didn't win the World Cup, I, my instant which, reaction wouldn't be it's because they sang a song. It would just be because it's England. Which player would you want doing the first line of the rap? I know which one I'd want. Rice, rice, baby. Oh, no, that's good. You went serious. Yeah. Like Harry Maguire. Why? Because I know he's going to be in the squad. Yeah. He shouldn't be. And I just think it'd be great him standing there giving the odd like, you know, you've got to hold and give. And do it at the right But obviously we'll do our own lyrics. Yeah. To be honest, I, I, I almost feel bad for Harry Maguire because it's quite clear he's not up to the task. It's not his fault. No, but like Gareth Southgate is giving everyone the illusion that he can do it, and he's just being forced into more and more situations where it's like he shouldn't be here. Like it's, well, almost, Hag- it's almost abusive at some point. Ten Hag reckons he can get back to form. You've got what to say saying. that though, isn't it? You've spent sixty-five million well, quid know. on him. You and I well, both. The club we've both it. seen managers that don't say that. True, but I think he's got to try and keep him on side in case he needs him. Because if Martinez or um, Varane get injured, or Varane, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just overall I'm not that bothered about football songs. They can do them if they want. You just might look a bit of a tit if it goes wrong. Always look a bit of a tit. It'd be like yeah. Alan, it was like Alan Pardew dancing in the <laughs> FA Cup final. Yeah, do that when you've won. Do you know what I mean? <coughs> Would you allow the England squad if they won the World Cup a, a novelty song? What about winning the World Cup? Yeah, yeah. Why not? No, no, if any country wanted it. to do it, yeah. If you've won the World Cup, then you know, wank yourselves off for a bit. Do you know what I mean? I imagine North Korea will have one when yeah. they win it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be about how amazing Kim Jong-un is. How he led them, how he inspired them to victory. Yeah, yeah scored 500 goals in the tournament. He's good. Never needed to shit he, one, he either. He, no, he's good. He is a glorious leader, Jake. I don't know what else to say. End it there? Yeah. That's the end of the pod, that's I think. the end really. of the pod. Yeah. Just end it on that. Kim Jong-un's just a glorious leader. Next, next week, neither of us were replaced. We both said the right things. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to say I'd never take my life under any circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> If I die, it's it's suspicious. Yeah, if I've died, it's because the Koreans have killed me. No, but you know, it, I'm not saying it's the Koreans. Someone's killed me. Because yeah. let's be honest, this guy's threatened it. <laughs> you, you've threatened it to me. Yeah, if you found out I heard, like, if, if anyone suspects I might be unwell, just put Jake into hiding. So you've got a good opportunity now. If you get 
a, a terminal diagnosis in in the coming months. Yeah, you could blame the Koreans. You could try and. Well, who's to say it's not the Koreans, Jake? I like it. You're playing the long game. I don't like it because <laughs> it's my life on the line, but I like it. The thing is, if you've said bad shit about the Koreans and suddenly you die, I'm pretty sure it's got something to do with the Koreans. I don't know what they've done, you know, but they could have done something, and you don't have any evidence that they haven't. I don't. I don't. Exactly. But someone will. Yeah. Please. The Koreans. This podcast should just be evidence. Yeah. Could you imagine that if that was our legacy? We both dead, but it took down took the North down Korean <laughs> tyranny. <laughs> and we get celebrated for all of time in North Korea as the liberators of North Korea. I wouldn't mind that at all. No, we wouldn't be alive to see it though, Jake. No, but think of the numbers and we I do. I want to be alive to think see of a the free numbers North we do. Korea. The numbers would be insane. The Asians get proper behind stuff. A lot of them. No, that's really... No, <laughs> I, we're not going down that route. I mean, I took it to the border and you were just like, let me kick it over <laughs> the line. Let me come and smash the shit out of it. I'm, yeah. your You're legacy, going deep, bro. Your legacy is free North Korea. Mine is getting cancelled <laughs> for racism. <laughs> On the same podcast. I just want to apologise to that, that Just imagine that statues of me in North Korea instead. It'd be a glorious thing for everyone. I mean, but then I feel like you just... You just replace Kim Jong-un? No, if I did, I'd be a benevolent leader. And you think that's the kind of attitude that makes me worried <laughs> for your reign? No, look, I oh, know now we're getting into an episode we still can't currently do, aren't we? How we'd yeah. behave if we were a tyrant. <laughs> yeah. So moving swiftly on, what's the most embarrassing moment you've had at work? At work? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really get embarrassed very easily. And I think no? I like to think that you know me well enough to know that that doesn't happen because generally I just roll with everything. No, but I thought maybe there might have been a mistake um, where you left red faced or I get red faced. I got a, like, yeah. I mean, I I chat myself at work, and yeah. the revelation was, um, I sort of I was doing a job. <laughs> I don't want to get too technical or detailed here, but doing a job. Thought it was a fart. Wasn't yeah. a fart. Yeah. Gone to the toilet, cleaned myself up, found like emptied the toilet paper out of the the bag it comes in you know the wrapping yeah use that to put my pants in which are now completely just dis- destroyed ruined and i came out and my my boss was there or the my line manager that day and he was like um are you all right mate and i went well they're my pants I just saw them out of my <laughs> <laughs> and a few days afterwards when i came back to yeah. work he did say he was like i've got to be honest he's like that wasn't how i thought you'd reveal that you were feeling unwell he's like it was kind of <laughs> um, very brash yeah it's very very uh yeah i can't remember the word he used to describe it but it was very um forward <laughs> yeah that's fair what about you do you have any exactly the same thing shat yourself yeah shat myself at work i was really unwell i think i got food poisoning or something <clears throat> and uh i hadn't gone sick for years and i remember texting my boss and i was like i'm really sorry i've got food poisoning he couldn't cover the store because he had a um stock take at another store the next day and he was helping so he was like, I can get to the store by 10, 11 o'clock. So he's like, just sit in the cash office. You know, you've got enough people in tomorrow, so just sit upstairs and I'll come and let you go at some point. And I remember I literally like, fell asleep in the cash office and literally as I was, it was I was getting ready to leave and I was buying like a can of soup or something just to have something to eat. And as I bent down to pick up the can of soup, it just went, it just went and, I was like, and I had to go upstairs, clear myself up. Because <laughs> I didn't want to go home not wearing pants for some reason. I phoned my mum was like, can you just come and pick me up, please? <laughs> and bring some pants. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I've had moments as well where 
Do you know what you think you've got a good rapport with a customer mm. and you, you're joking with them yeah. and then suddenly they're not joking and yeah. you're like, bro, what? I thought I thought I would, thought I thought knew what was happening there. Yeah, I thought we were. They friends. suddenly take offence to something you've said. Not offence, but they're just yeah. like it ruined the conversation. They take it very seriously, yeah. and you're like, bro. I thought we were just being lighthearted. The worst ones I've for me that. is when you get customers say things that are either racist, misogynistic, or just offensive in some oh, way. Oh yeah, I hate those. And there's someone you normally get along with as well, and you're stood there like, you, like it's the reverse. Suddenly you stop, and you're just like, oh. I'm just like, yeah, uh, and then I normally just try and like walk away. Yeah. But those are the most awkward ones. There's one one place I was working, there was a really, um, I mean, she's clearly like on the spectrum, but like really deeply on the spectrum, needs like a carer. Yeah. She had this carer. They had to, first of all, her her house, she lived in a really nice place, but it's it's in like a kind of country manor, and it's like, you know, the old lodge at the gate. Really nice. And when you you spend like five minutes with you, you're like, oh, because she can't be near anyone else. Because oh, the neighbours okay, would fucking she gets hate it. And um, <clears throat> no, she's just very loud. Oh, but that's okay. her thing, and she's very shout, and she's very, um, and she's like boff, 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 and that's why she she ended up buying like so it was when working at the furniture place, and she ended up buying like four different wardrobes off of us, and we were all like, <laughs> fuck it. And, and then, you, and then when we delivered them once, we saw her going through it, and it was like, oh yeah, I see why. It's like boff, 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 boff. Um, Jesus. <clears throat> apparently, when they were the guys were delivering it as well, she was uh, the a gas engineer turned up. Okay. And and she was and she just shouted out like I don't want white men in my bedroom. <laughs> but she Bless was that. um there was a carer with no, her once when she came into the shop and it was so funny because she was like now I'm going to get this the wrong way around. But the thing but is people are taking it the wrong way if she just said I only want white men in my between, bedroom. Or between the carer and the woman herself, one of them was Jamaican or of Jamaican <laughs> origin and one of them was Nigerian. <laughs> and this woman she was going around and she was going to a carer going. Are you going to fucking help, you lazy bitch? <laughs> and then I swear to God, she was like, she she made it worse because she was like, the reason I say, you know, one was Jamaican, one was uh, Nigerian. Yeah. She was like, you fucking Nigerians, you're all lazy. You all the same. And clearly this woman had dealt with her because she just ignored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was like, are you, you know, are you done? Are you need that? And it's like, oh, mate, it, that was one. But again, that's one you just you have to experience. Have you know what I mean? You just have to situation. experience that. Yeah. And you learn pretty quickly that anything she says, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. You know, take it, it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. When someone reveals a like a racist side or homophobic side, yeah, you're saying I, that, oh. Do you know what I always do when someone reveals a homophobic side? What? Come out as gay. <laughs> <coughs> always. Oh, that's funny. I suck cock. And one of the other guy was like, I had one guy when he was like, and I was, you know, one of those things where they dance around it because they're like always politically incorrect. I'm yeah. like, no, I'm going to make you say it. <laughs> if you want to cunt off an entire group of people, I'm going to make you say, say what people you're going to cunt off. Yeah. And he was like. <clears throat> he was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it must have been the day of Brighton Pride. Okay. He was like, yeah, sometimes I go down Brighton, you know, all there down there, aren't they? And I was like, oh. <laughs> Who's they? Who? <laughs> He's like, well, you know, all them lot having a parade. And I was like, oh, right, for what? Like, who? <laughs> and he probably went on it and he was like, you know, oh, did you know, like, all them, all the, all the. He's like, all say the, something like the, all those poofed. He says, all the gay people. And he's like, listen, he's like, he's like, you know, he says something. And I was like, oh, I was like, I didn't know that today. I was like, I might have gotten. And he was like, boy, boy, what do you want to go down there with all them lot? And I was like, well, I'm one, I'm of, one them. of them. And he was like, no, we thought, well, you know, but I mean, yeah, and did that classic. Yeah, he was you're, like, you're, you're all right. right. And I yeah. was like, mate, it's, the sooner this conversation is done, the better. Yeah, there's a funny clip of, I think it's Gaz Khan, and he's in the like, white. I love Gaz Khan, very funny. There's a video of him and the guy from Phone Shop, and he's dressed like a Tory, basically, pissed as a fart. 
and Gaz Khan's just sitting there, both in the waiting room, and he starts going on about how shit the NHS is and everything like that, and Gaz Khan just ends up playing along with it and saying all the buzzwords, like, do you know what? Now we've stopped from coming here. Let's get rid of the fuckers. <laughs> and he's like, God, yes, because he was like, I'm coming from a, you know, one of you, but you're one of the good ones. That's good. No, that's good. I'll have to tag you in it if I see it come up on Twitter. Yeah, again. please do. I, I like I said, I, I do like Giz Calm. Yeah. Very funny. Um, here's something I wanted to talk to you about. Shoot. And it's something that I have. I don't know how I feel on it, weirdly. I sort of have an opinion, but then I'm not sure about it. I'm not sold on my own opinion, if that yeah. makes sense. So what do you make of this trend of, of celebrities writing books and then because of their name, brand and stuff, they sort of automatically become best-selling authors? Okay. <coughs> And then, you know, they kind of, and that's it. And then they just, they just decide. And because it's a success, they're like, well, I'll write more. And then it kind of. <laughs> and then you get a situation it, where like Jordan's got well, 10 books. Part out. of me thinks it kind of dilutes down and it, it kind of takes up space for authors who don't have that name brand, who are trying to like fight and be authors. Yeah. And someone's just swanning in and using their already established presence to dominate the market a little I bit. I think you'll probably find it's being caused by the publishers needing to continue to sell books because I would imagine with things like Kindles, the actual sale of like physical books is probably down. Um, or in general, I think in general, I would imagine people reading has gone down in recent years. I would imagine... Well, I mean, I was looking at the, the numbers internet. of the, the recent um, top top three best-selling hardbacks. Yeah. And, and they're new releases, so they're not necessarily out on... They're just hardbacks. Yeah. And it's hardback. And each one, the top three, t- tended to sell in the region of 5,000 copies. Yeah, which isn't each. a well, huge you, amount, you know, is it? It's really? not nothing for one week. No. Oh, in one <coughs> week, fair enough. Yeah, I would have just thought bigger numbers than that. For some reason, when I think like a best-selling book, a I'm imagining... Then you see the prices of the hardbacks. Yeah, they're normally, what, over 15 quid, probably yeah, 17? 20 quid, yeah. 20, 25 quid. Yeah, and I think they they know probably with certain demographics of people, they will just buy a book from someone they like. So that's why you do keep getting... I think it's probably a bit of a... They need to keep their sales up, so it's being pushed probably it's by like, the publishers I'm gonna themselves. Pick, I'm going to pick people that I really like here. So Richard Osmond, I quite like. Yeah. He obviously wrote The Thursday Murder Club yeah. and has written two sequels to it and is planning a fourth... Oh, wow, okay. um, Or a third sequel. Um, he, you know... I don't begrudge anyone writing a book. I'm like, if you've got a book in you, yeah. I don't begrudge that. But then they're all bestsellers. Yeah. And they all went straight away into the top. And it's nothing to do with the books, with the greatest respect. It's because it's he's a name. name he's a thing. Okay. Dawn French. Yeah. Who almost exclusively Are the books any writes. Good People seem to enjoy them. Yeah. So I'm not taking away that they might be perfectly fine books. Yeah. The problem is, I think this is an issue at the heart of a lot of things. And even the industry we're currently in whilst doing this. Yeah. Having a name gives you that leg up on other people. I think it's just a... But they're capitalising on their name. Yeah. And they're not necessarily... Like, I don't think that people necessarily... Someone... They don't necessarily want to write a book. Let me try and phrase this rightly. But a publisher says to them, you're a name. Would you like to write a book for yeah, us? And I they see go, what you mean. Yeah, okay. Because I've, I've seen a few interviews with people where that's happened. Yeah. Like, they've been approached to their agent, said to them, have you thought about writing that- a book? being caused by people aren't buying enough unknown authors or, I just think you know people I, mean? are, I just think people have sensed there's a market there for that and so straight yeah. away they're like people with a name can sell a book and the agents or whatever have gone well, I know someone with a name 
Yeah, I, I think that's probably the case for some of these celebrities. But I think for, I think I listened to an interview with Richard Osman, and he always wanted to go into writing. So that was, but he his way into it was through becoming a name. Um, he wouldn't have been able to get the book deal to do the Thursday Murder Club and then the follow-ups if it wasn't for the fact he's Richard Osman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. I... Uh, so I think for some people that's their like way. Like I said, into if you've it. got a book in you, I don't, or even two, I don't begrudge you writing a book, but I do feel like it's not the case for all of them, and I do feel like the market's become a bit, yeah, crowded with celebrities, and that, yeah, that it's harder and harder for genuine. Up and coming, yeah, which isn't good for up and coming or up and coming. You know, there's more competition. Yeah, I mean, all I would suggest, I mean, their only way through that is to use the internet to their advantage to do writing online that builds an audience and gets them interested in their books. It's a hard thing to do, isn't it? It is, but I think that's a way a lot of people have to go into. They're always going to have. They're always going to have to build their own presence. They're always going to have to work to sell their own books. But there's even more competition now from people who just have a name. And you, you, you and I both know the market will suggest that. If you're looking at two books, even if you're reading the blow and you think, I kind of prefer that book, but you're like, yeah. but I know that person. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to, you know, I know yeah. I know, Dawn French and I like Dawn French, yeah. so I'm going to get the Dawn French book. I, it, it's a weird one for me because I'm Just curious not, how you feel on it. I don't really know how I feel on it um, because I've I've got like a weird relationship with reading. I like, I rarely read, if I'm being honest. I used to read a bit more than I do now. Um, but like I'll get into reading a series of books like I saw the I Am Number 4 film and found out it was done from books so I then read the first book and I've now got the whole set which I'm slowly making my way through um, but and then I've I've one of my favourite other books I read was a random one I found in a bookstore once from someone I'd never heard of and it's one of the best books I've ever written uh, ever read sorry um, I must admit that, that that's the advantage of Obviously, I currently work in a charity shop. Yeah, it's the advantage of charity shops. So our books are fifty pence for the paperbacks and a pound for the hardbacks. Yeah, so you can take a risk. I have taken books. a chance on a couple yeah. of books because you think, would well, you know what? If I don't like it, it's fifty p. Do you know what I mean? It's a pound. And I think that's the other problem to books in general. And then you do discover are, authors. They and you are think, expensive. Oh, actually, do you know what? I'll have a bit of that. Yeah, and books are expensive, and also they take up a lot of room. Yeah, but I t- I tend to get rid of them once I've read them. I think, am I going to read it again? I, don't, I think you're in a a minority there. I think there are the, maybe not a minority, but definitely I don't think you're the majority. If that makes no, sense. No, but I do think there's a lot of people that do operate like that. Oh no, definitely there is because there's companies that trade exclusively yeah. on reselling books. So I know it's definitely a thing. Um, I've, I mean, look, it's not fair on up and coming authors, but I feel like that's the same situation in almost every other industry of entertainment. Do you know what I mean? Like, and even for us, we're trying to build a following from nothing, like an author would. To try and Doing get the people way, interested. Well, no, we are because like, look, the reality is all the successful podcasts are out there have been based. started by people that had a profile when they started. Or, it. Even or Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, it was tiny at the start, and he wasn't as big as he is now, obviously. But he had a presence. He was a professional fighter. He was a comedian. He'd been on television and then started podcasting. So he had a group of people that liked him. Do you know what I mean? And he had connections to be able to get celebrities on, even lower Well, he just invited his friends in, and then that bit yeah. built from there. But his friends um, were people, what people wanted to again, see. Again, yeah, famous yeah. people, like other comedians and things like that. And like even like one of the other ones, Rob Beckett and Josh Whittacombe, you've got two oh, famous people as the host. Yeah. Um, and from what I've heard, it's a very good podcast. So like, And again, I don't even begrudge them doing that it's just it makes it unfair on us that it's difficult for well, us yeah that's to get an interesting perspective on it me asking um, about the books thing let's change it from the books yeah. thing 
let's talk about the podcasting because that's something that you are involved in. You are yeah. the up and coming author. You're the up and coming podcast. You know, <sighs> to be honest, I wish podcast platforms like Spotify, for example, I wish they did more to promote smaller podcasts. Absolutely. So I think yeah, they should do it for authors as well. But like in podcasting, I don't feel like there is anything being done by any of the like Apple uh, podcast platform is absolutely shocking. It's horrendous to use. It's very difficult to navigate. Spotify is a bit better, but like I don't think they do enough to. Like I think they should be scouting lower podcasts for ones they go. Oh, this one might have something. Let's throw a little bit of money behind them instead of just throwing money at people to get them exclusively on their platform. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like it's all well and good spending a hundred million getting Joe Rogan in, and that makes huge business sense because the amount of people it brings to their platform. But there's others where I'm like, you didn't need to bring them on here. Do you know what I mean? And they could have spent that money, perhaps investing in smaller podcasts. Or just yeah, just putting it in advertisement for a smaller podcast, putting yeah. it sponsoring a smaller podcast. Yeah. yeah, I think they could do things like that. So yeah, it's not a fair system, but like, our, I think podcasting is different from. Like the book industry. Well, I, I was going to say, I don't you think it, I think it is very similar. Where I think at first, people didn't really celebrities. I mean, didn't yeah. really fully understand it, so they weren't all jumping and no, jumping and the ship. A couple now, of big people did it, and then yeah, yeah now it's now a legitimate like, career. They saw thing. a couple of people have a success of it, and I think that's the similar with the book thing. <clears> I think it's always been a thing where celebrities have written books. That has always been a thing, yeah. but. It feels like in the it last. It was normally autobiographies, <coughs> and you might get well, one or two. I feel of like in the last maybe or, 10, 20 years it just kicked on another level. Someone obviously saw someone have success and thought, right, that's it. And now it's like... And we're at the, the time of the year for it now, aren't we? Yeah. Because it all ramps up towards that's, Christmas. This is, the, this is the route for most celebrities is you, you get a... And I feel like it's often a choice between them. Some people do both, but it's often a choice. You write a book or you do a podcast. I think the problem for authors, and it's why I say I think they should look to the internet for a solution. I don't know what that solution is. Um, whether it's putting out a chapter of your book on the internet you're following and hope they share it and then that gets you a bit more interest when you're releasing the book things like that little things that might help um but i don't know how you could change it i don't know what that solution would be um but i feel like there's a a more overriding system like there's not governing bodies in place but there's big companies there's not really big companies involved in podcasts if you know what i mean yeah, like, I, I don't think, know if there's many big like podcast production companies that are to scouting the, and things like similar that. Similar to the podcast thing, I would say, putting more effort. Because look, with the great respect, Richard Osman, mm. not, not to pick on Richard Osman, I'm just using him no, as no, the no, example. That's, that's like, I don't, I don't feel think like you I'm have an issue Richard with Richard Osman. <laughs> with the Richard Osman thing. <coughs> He's a good example. Richard Osman doesn't need a lot of advertising help to sell his books because no. A, he knows a lot of people in film and TV, so he, yeah. can, he can get himself on the one show and on you know, whatever else to promote yeah. his book on, on BBC Radio to promote his book. Yeah. And he's got a substantial Twitter following. Yeah. So he tweets, I've got a book coming out. And straight away, that's like, I mean, I don't know how many people follow him, but let's say two million people. Yeah. That's an audience of two million people that you, you or I don't have. No. Whereas the younger, the, not necessarily the younger, but the newer authors, mm. the ones working away who don't have a name for themselves, that don't have that platform, yeah. they could do with a bit of help. They could do with... No, absolutely. Them saying, right, let's get them on TV. Let's get them on, well, I think on radio. Can, I think let's do book meet, you know, uh, events where they go and read a chapter. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, talk I'm sure people. they probably do do some yeah, of that stuff, I'd but just probably like to not see a enough. Bit, a bit more, because it's like I said, the celebrities don't need help selling their books. No, not really. No. That's the reason they've been able to sell as many books but as, as they have. As you say, have. it's just they've spotted a, an area that makes some money and they're doubling yeah. down on it. 
Um, and yeah, that is unfair on people lower down. It's just sadly the reality of, like I said, most industries, isn't yeah. it? Um, but yeah, you could always do with every industry being a bit more of a meritocracy. Helping the grassroots. I mean? yeah. Same in sport. Yeah, no, absolutely. Help, help the grassroots. Um, so yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Right. Uh, what's the worst service you've ever seen slash experienced um like it could be a restaurant and a waitress was really shit it could be you know you're going to get your car serviced and they were really but do you know what i mean like a bit hard to me that one because i always kind of tend to think yeah i always think look you don't know what's happened like they could just be having a really shitty day they could just be having a really off day or maybe you're catching them at the end of a shift or yeah sometimes at the start of a shift they've got shit stuff going on at home they come in they haven't had a chance to kind of adjust to the working world yeah and they 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 carry in all that shit so i kind of tend to give people a, a lot of benefit of the doubt no, with but that you kind of stuff. had bad experiences that being yeah. said <coughs> you um, can understand why you had the bad experience, but you still had a bad experience, I'm sure. Yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Can no. you? Uh, one of the worst ones I had was uh, around Christmas a few years ago. It was more than a few years ago now. And I wanted to buy a gift voucher for my dad for Christmas. And uh, I was buying two. And uh, the guy only gave me back two receipts. And I know from working in retail you get a receipt for each gift card and then one for the transaction. But I only had two receipts. So one, one of them was one of the vouchers and one of them didn't have one. So I literally had only stepped away about two metres and then went back to the guy and was like, oh, you're, I'm missing a receipt. You can't have activated both cards. And then he looked at the two receipts I had and was like, no, I've done it fine. You've been charged for both. And I said, yeah, you've charged, been charged for, for both. both. You haven't activated both. And he was like, yes, I have. And I was like, look, man. But how did... See, how did you say that, though? Did you say that, like, you haven't acted, or did you say, I, no, I, said, I don't think you I said, all, I actually said to him, with all due respect, mate, I, I use that machine myself. I work in retail, I work for the co-op, I'm a manager. Um, and I explained to him exactly the same as I did to you, that it, I should have three receipts, one for each gift card and one for the transaction. And I said, and you can charge someone for one of these without activating the card. Oh, really easily? Yeah. yeah, so I was, because there's two barcodes and both go through the till, but only one activates them. So, um, and I said, I was being really calm, really polite. And he was just like, no, I know I've done it. And I said, well, can I speak to someone else then? Because I'm not, I don't want to leave without having not. And he just refused point blank uh, to call anyone. Uh, I then tried going to the kiosk to ask to speak to a manager. They said they were all busy. I tried explaining it to the woman. She was like, there's nothing I can do to help you. I get, yeah, that, that grinds my gears a lot when um, people pass the cup. And the thing is, she's right. She can't do anything to help me. But she can find someone that can. Yeah. Um, and to just say the managers are busy and then it's like, all right, so customers don't get... And then so I was like, all right, so what do I do then? And she she didn't shrug her shoulders. She just said, I'm really sorry. I don't know what to suggest. And it's like... So I was like, all right, so what... I was like, should I phone up and see if I can speak to someone? And she said, yeah, that might work. So I then phoned the store back with the number from the receipt and uh, they were like well since you've left like and I said well no you'll be able to tell if I bring both gift cards back if you try and activate them both one of them won't and one of them will and they were like no we, we, you know you could have done something brought another card um, and I was like well surely like, if you check the cameras you'll see that I'm talking to the, the guy I go and talk to the, and they were like no sorry so in the end I lost 20 quid 
because they wouldn't do anything. And I even wrote an email to the head office and they were like, uh, we'll look into this. And I never heard yeah, back no, from you, them. Yeah, no, of course you wouldn't. So, yeah, that, like, I, I, I nearly flipped at them when that was all going on. Um, yeah, it's what there's definitely been experiences where I have felt like I want to scream at the people, but then I can't remember, I can't think of them off the top of my head. No, that's fair enough. But there's definitely been, there have been instances where you think that, and it's, <clears throat> again, I give a lot of the benefit of the doubt, but then you think, sort of like you're saying there, you're like, when the when they try and tangle you up in this logic where they go, well, since you've left the store, and you're like, but I had to leave the store to talk to you because yeah. no one was fucking speaking yeah. to me. Um, I and tried it sounds to do like it. you've just got an answer for everything and you're trying, and yeah, you feel like it, you're being... <coughs> so I have had it a couple of times where you, you know, you do like a, um, you phone one department yeah, and they go, we can't help you, you've got to go to this other department. Yeah. So you go for this other department and they go, actually, because you went through them, Yeah. you know, you, your issue is with them and we can't do anything. It's like, no. right, but I had to, you know, yeah. or you'll, you know, they'll send you, they'll send you back and then they'll yeah. be like, oh, because you did it this way. And you're like, but I had to do it that way yeah. because you wouldn't let me do it the other way. No. And they kind of, companies do try and box you into those corners yeah. so that they don't have to help you. Yeah, no, it's and frustrating. That, that bores my piss a lot. Um, but the thing is, bores my blood. what annoyed me about it the most in the moment was I knew the guy just didn't want to be in the wrong. He didn't want to admit he'd made a mistake. And the thing is, it's not a massive mistake. Just scan no, it back through again. Deal. Scan it back through again. I'm not like I haven't come up to you with another voucher. Do you know what I mean? Like I've literally just stepped away, checked the receipts, and stepped back again. That's it. You know, it's one of them things. Yeah, I guess it is. What's your next? Yes, it is. What have I got? I don't think I've got too many things I wanted to speak to you about. <coughs> um, I wanted to just ask you whether you buy into this conspiracy. What one? Um, I don't know if I've spoken to you about it before, so I, I apologise if we have spoken about you know it me, before like on, the, on the podcast. I, I apologise if I brought it up. Them. Um, I do sort of buy it a little bit myself. Um, this will be interesting then. The, the the whole, you know, green lifestyle, the whole do your bit, you know, mm. recycling, wash out your jars and yeah. all that stuff was a um, a push from big corporations with huge carbon footprints so that we're all looking at ourselves rather than them, rather than them. And we're all focusing on what we're doing rather than what they're doing. When actually what we're doing, cleaning out your jam jars and all that stuff contributes to like 0.1% of the yeah. problem. Whereas the what they're doing contributes to 99.9% <laughs> of the problem. And I do, when I read this, when I heard about it, I did kind of think, I don't know whether I do believe it, but I definitely thought I would believe it. Do you know what I mean? The way I do agree with it, and the reason I agree with it is back in the war, back in the days of like World War Two and World War, particularly World War Two, uh, the government did a huge campaign for people to donate scrap metal. Yeah, do your part to save the country and help us build planes. They didn't use any of it. Didn't need it. They wanted the people to feel like they were doing their part. So yeah, I can absolutely believe that whether it was big corporations or the government. It was either to make us feel like we're all doing our bit to save the planet, whilst it's actually not really benefiting. Well, I feel more cynically like it's them going. I don't know, and I think this is the problem with conspiracy theories in general. They imply that there's like a group of people all in like lockstep making decisions for the masses. I think it's more likely very small, like maybe even just a couple of people at a time that make decisions based off of what other people are doing. Other and other companies are like. Oh yeah, we should be doing that as well. I think I think one com- I think one or two companies had the same idea at the same time. 
or roughly the same time. Yeah. And I think it built momentum and the others spotted it and went, yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Because none of them did it. Like, it wasn't like a movement that happened all at once. And then it gained momentum you know I mean? and then it did become a thing that we all yeah. do. But I sort of, I, like I said, I don't know where I do believe it, well, I, think I would believe it. There's things like, I've noticed in everything the government tries to offer us in terms of support for things like the cost of living, like with the gas, there's a payment they're offering to millions of people. But you have to have a smart meter. And there's been loads of other things they've done. I couldn't can't remember the t- off the top of my head, but they've been like caveated with, oh, to have this benefit or to have this, you have to have a smart meter. And it's stuff coming from the government, from the companies, and everything you hear from people like Martin Lewis say, do not get a smart meter. They are designed to overcharge you. Um, and that feels like a concerted effort. And I don't, again, I don't think it's all of them getting together and going, oh, look, this push but smart one, meter. One of them realise what but, they're yeah, doing. Yeah. And I think the rest of them jump on it. They're like, yeah, have a smart meter. Um, so I definitely think these things happen. Um, I don't think they're always necessarily as nefarious as in terms of but just that idea of that idea of let's look at what you're doing mm. to save the planet. And it's well, like yeah, no, course. bro, let's look at what you're doing. The thing is, and it's it's it, these things become even more difficult in times like ours where things are so extreme and ridiculous. But it's not a giant leap to believe that they would do that because it's been no. done before and they'll do it again. Um, so no, I probably think that's exactly what it was done for. Whether it was ma- a conscious decision in the beginning, but yeah, definitely it would have been a one going forward. If that makes sense. No, I sense. think so. Yeah. No, because cool. like I said, yes, it's not a giant leap. It's not at all. No, it's not at all. Right. Uh, oh, we're actually doing all right for time. What is your favourite musical memory? Musical memory. Haven't got a clue. What I mean Could by musical memory, I don't mean. You were at a musical. I mean, your favourite memory involving music. It could be a special moment with a parent, like a nostalgic moment. It could be a moment at a concert that you remember thinking, fuck, this is amazing. For me, music is such a big part of my life. Mm. It runs intrinsically through every part of it. Mm. So I couldn't pin down one. Give me some bit standout moments. It doesn't have it, to I don't be think one there are moment. any standout moments, I think. There's no concerts you've been to where you were like, oh, this moment was special or. Um, there's just loads well, of moments like that. Was amazing. Of, you know. Well, just give me a <laughs> <laughs> um, Naming me one doesn't mean all lovers are not valuable. I think the first, okay, so the first, I think I might have said it before, the first single I ever owned was by a, a band. They were a bit like Hanson-esque. Okay. They were called Next of Kin. Okay. Now, I've never heard of them since, and I'd never heard of them. I was like, okay. I mean, I don't know, five or something, six, who yeah. knows? Maybe a bit older. They did a song called 24 Hours From You. Oh, my God. You know I it? bought the exact I same the CD. I, the I fucking loved As you started talking about it, in my head, I started, started 20, 24 hours with you. Oh, oh we got a one-way ticket and it's coming on. Yeah, I know that song. Yeah, yeah. That, Fuck. I didn't know that's who they were called, though. That, that song um, kind of made me, at a young age, think, oh, that's what I want to do. What, be a musician? Yeah, like play guitar and... Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That that was... So I guess that's a, a yeah. seminal music moment. Nice. What about yourself? There's been a few. Uh, one was uh, obviously going to see the Foo Fighters, being a huge fan. They were one group. I, like, they Good were on my that. bucket list of going to see them. And for me, it didn't matter that we were like at the back of the stadium and like couldn't actually. The energy was there. Yeah, it was just amazing. And to be there with you and Ash, that was amazing. Get photo bombed by that woman. Oh, do you know what? 
I, I love that photo. I, I borderline hate it. I go back and forth on it. I love it. Sometimes I look at it and I was like, oh, that was an amazing night. And other times I look at that woman's smug, smiley face and I want to slap it. Do you know I what love I mean? it. I want to meet her. She is in my photos for a, like one of the most lovely moments of my life going to see them. And she's there and I don't know who she is and it pisses me <laughs> off. That's a good night, though. That's a good night. Yeah. Good gig. Uh, another one was, I went, it was one of the first, I think it might even be the first, like, concert I'd ever got was to see. it Down? Yeah, it was Shine Down, yeah. uh, Norwich University with uh, Ash and Lindsay. And we were, like, right up the front. And uh, he, like, does monologues between songs, the lead singer. And we knew what, we could tell what song he was going to do next. And it's a song about friendship and, you know, whatever. And uh, I just put my, my arms around Ash and Lindsay and we all started like sort of hugging and listening to him. And he just looked at us and pointed at us and was like, sort of like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. And we were like, ah. do you know what I mean? It was just a nice moment. Yeah, I remember I got, um, you know, some sort of like interaction with the act. I remember going to see the Rizzle Kicks in Kingston. Yeah. And uh, they were like, all right, if you were going shopping, what would you get us? And everyone's oh, just shouting out all yes. kinds of shit. And yeah, to be fair, yeah. I also shouted out some random yeah. shit. Someone was saying, like, condoms. Like, in my defense, like, alcohol had been consumed and at that to point. Be on, can I be honest? I'd never heard of them before, so I didn't know what was happening. One Do you know was, what I mean? One was slightly inebriated at that point. Yeah. But we bounced to the front. Why the fuck we bounced to the front? I don't know. Like, it, now, at the age yeah. I'm at now in life, there's not an act on the planet that you would go, Do you want to bounce to the front? It's like, no. Like, no, no offense, bro, but if you suddenly took off, if you said, I'm going to do music, yeah. and you then played a gig like that, and there was like a crowd barrier thing. Yeah. And it'd be like, do you know what, bro? I love you. You'd be I'll watch from the back. I'll watch yeah. from the back. Like, fine. I'd rather be backstage if I'm I not. was. But, you know, even if I'm like, I'm going to go around and watch from the front. I'm yeah. not there. Okay. <laughs> that was insane. Yeah. I mean, the guy I was with, like, a couple were, they weren't having sex, but they were very close I to it on his back. Because we had, a, was Kieran <coughs> there as well, wasn't he? I think it was Kieran's and back. And they were leaning on him, it yeah. It was Kieran's back. And like yeah. they were full on going for it. And he yeah, because like, I was, I remember being stood yeah, like, it was only me. I think it was only me and Kieran that went down to the front. Was there? Yeah, I think it was only me and Kieran yeah. that went to the front. Um, no, that was brilliant. And I actually fell in love with it. I went home. But when he said, like, and, and I finally got it, and I was like, trumpet! And then they played yeah, down with and everyone went nuts, didn't they? Yeah, it is a tune. I like Rizzle Kicks. Um but, but yeah, yeah never heard of beforehand. But yeah, no, that was brilliant. Um, I'm trying to think. It was there was another moment, and it wasn't at a concert. It was uh, do you know back in the days of LimeWire? Yeah, yeah. And you could just type in like Foo Fighters, and this was when I first discovered them. And you'd get like live songs that people had recorded of them, and one yeah. of them was, and I'd never heard the song before, "Stairway to Heaven." Okay. And uh, it's Dave just like messing around on stage doing like a version of it, and it sounded amazing. Never heard the song before. <laughs> Um, and you like know people, it now though right yeah of course oh, and the thing was it. I remember going to my dad and I was like oh, I've just heard a song that's really amazing I think you might like it <laughs> I <laughs> love he that was like, was, I was like it's by a band I like called um, Foo Fighters do you know what there's no great um, there's no more humbling moment yeah. than when you present something and someone goes uh, that's not them no. you know that's and he was and he was like oh yeah what's the song called and I was like oh it's called Stairway to Heaven and he just burst out laughing immediately <laughs> and he was like that's that's not a Foo Fighters song and I was like no it is I've heard them sing it <laughs> and he was like no it's, and this is when I found out what a cover was brilliant I mean there was um, a, that was an educational day for you you learnt a lot yeah and my dad was like it's done by Led Zeppelin go away listen to, to Led, Led Zeppelin's version, version and then come back and we'll talk about it and I was like why is he being such a dick like it's a good song <laughs> and then really I listened to it and I was like 
holy fuck, fair enough. And I went back and we talked about it. Yeah, but that was a nice moment of my, like, it was just looking my dad's face when he was like, fucking two fires. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen an act that wasn't great and made you think, oh, I could do that? Yeah, Foo Fires, to be honest with you. Not in terms of like, they're not, they don't put on a good show because they do. Um, and Dave Goh has really good stage presence and he's a good performer and he, he like he can perform to a big crowd. But in terms of his actual singing voice, isn't actually that amazing. Well, live. you said, I think you said the last um, episode about uh, you, you were called out on your. Yeah, Ash brutally called me out on my singing voice, bless him. And I, actually, think, I still don't think I no, have that bad think, singing It made voice. you think I could do it. Well, yeah, yeah, because um, he was because Dave Graham was a show, but yeah, singing voice isn't that great. And I said, and I'm in the car with Ash, and I'm like, uh, I think I could. I always thought I could be a lead singer of a band. Like I feel like I could pull off the stage presence. And and he said, Yeah, you could. He's like, Yeah, you could, but you just wouldn't have no singing talent to back it up, uh, and just a brutal takedown. But yeah, I think you sing fine. I thought I always seem to remember. I always had this memory of like <clears throat> relatively young, I guess. I always had this memory of us harmonising quite well. We do. We do harmonise quite well. <coughs> um, Which suggests that there's at least some We do. It was. We discovered ability. it particularly with Don't Let the Sun Go Down on me. Um, oh, such a good moment, though, at that pub. Yeah, when we were listening to that, those two guys just all rise. Well, he just, he just came in high, <laughs> yeah. and it was like, bro, this song you've gets got high, like, go. you have got to go somewhere. Yeah, you've got to take it gentle at first, you've got to ease into it. Just We spent the whole, um, like, three and a half, four minutes just waiting. And I remember we went on a stag do, and I think me and you started singing it together, we, like, did it together. Again, I think, um, to be fair, drinks have been consumed at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, but afterwards, our, our good friend, Morris, shout out. Um, he actually said to me like mate you smashed that and I was like oh no I did I know I know baby I know when I've smashed you're welcome yeah and then the worst part was it was immediately followed by this girl who gave like a fucking haunting rendition of zombies (laughs) that I'd again Uh never heard I'd never heard that song before I like that song her vocal range was phenomenal that girl I don't know who the fuck she was but yeah she was really good upstaged I know that it's always one of them do you want to you don't want to be sandwiched between good singers at karaoke. No. Do you know what I mean? You want to follow yeah. someone's shit I think and be followed by someone's shit. I can't shit. remember who he followed. It was someone from our group and they they were a bit drunk. It was a bit meh, you know, as karaoke can be. And I'm like on the sideline going, I'm ready. Know, I'm, I'm ready. doing this. Like, la, la, la. No, not quite like that, but you know what I mean? I was ready for it. Um, and then I think our mate Alan did tribute, didn't he? Oh, yeah. And I remember I was like, fuck this, I'm getting involved. And I think like seven of us were just stood there screaming yeah, we went tribute. Uh, that was a good night. But yeah, no, I just thought, I thought it was a good question because like, I knew music is important to you. Are, so we allowed to do that? Are we allowed to like congratulate our own questions? I mean, praise our own questions? I've done it before. If anyone could, it is us. Yeah. It's Especially you. Especially you. Well, if you do it, if it was in reverse. That's because I have good questions. And also, like, there's other moments, like me and you, we went to see Noel Gallagher in the High Flying Birds. That was in a beautiful, phenomenal, really beautiful nice. setting. Like, that's the kind of We've that's had the kind so of many romantic could, dates together, haven't like, we? That's the kind of setting that at the point I'm at in now in life yeah, would yeah, work yeah. well for me. It was yeah. like seats, first yeah. one. We never sat. No. Like, once the show got started, we didn't see no. seats. Beautiful old naval college. Yeah. You know, on, on the, the river, river bank, yeah, Beautiful sun going down behind the past. behind the stage, yeah. and oh yeah, it was yeah, phenomenal. Kind of and then you f- throw in Wonderwall, and you're just you know, it's almost like a tear jerking moment to a degree. I know, I loved. But as we well, had a yeah. habit for a while. We'd kept going on like 
mandates and we'd end up in a really romantic and beautiful location yeah, just we did sat a couple, on a bench a couple together. by the Thames yeah we did a couple Thames up is by lovely, the Thames man. up in sort of central London um, but yeah no I just I, I, I think music is important to most people I would imagine and I just think there's always good stories yeah and it's always nice when them. you don't expect it and it comes out so when I went to see <coughs> on his latest tour uh, Ed Sheeran bought yeah. myself a last minute ticket because I thought fuck it why not mm. and he got to that point when he was talking about the collaborations album and his whole through the whole tour in the UK or through all the nights at Wembley, sorry, he'd brought out a different person to do it. Okay. And I've kind of had an inkling who it might be. Mm. <clears throat> but it was more hope than yeah. thinking. But I was like, yeah, I was like, I think it could be. But I was like, I really hope it is. And who was it? Well, this is the thing. And he's like, okay, so I did these albums and now I've got a band. He's like, it, <clears throat> with the band, you can actually play these songs. Mm. And then Stormzy came out. Because they oh, started shit. the first few bars to take me back to London. No, I like, I really like the song Take Me Back to London. Yeah, And when that started coming in, I was like, oh, fucking shit. And I was like, it's happening. It's that's happening. Nice. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's a good moment. Yeah. Good. Because you didn't expect it. And it was kind of like. No, it's brilliant when that happens. Good. And what it was, um, yeah. I think you was, were you expecting Wheatus when we went to see Wheatus? That was incredible. And that was such a. Like anyone else looking at our group, it was a very bizarre situation, wasn't it? We went yeah. to see Busted. Yes, it uh, was, wasn't it? Was it? It wasn't. It was Wembley, Wembley Arena. I think. Yeah, Wembley Arena. And there was what five or six of us grown men at a Busted yeah. concert. Uh, but yeah, and we had one warm up act. It was a girl that had been on Britain's Got Talent. I don't remember her name. Uh, and then yeah, they and it wasn't on the on the ticket, was it? They weren't. No, I knew because I'd already seen it. Oh really? Online. Yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea. So when Wheatus came on stage and like we grew up with, we were at that perfect age when we were teenagers. When For their teenagers cover of Little Bank Respect and Teenager, and yeah, teenager and they Bank. sang both of them. Um, and I remember that was an amazing moment. I also felt a little bit sorry for them because in the big when they started, they were like, "This is our first ever arena tour," and you're like, "Mate, you've been around for a for a long time." But I thought it was not. It was just a brilliant moment. Uh, plus, we like busted. So yeah. But yeah, Teenage Dirtbag, that was like an unexpected yeah. joy for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I think I think it's fun. Like I said, it, music yeah. is so intrinsic, I think, through my life. Yeah. That it's I've, hard for me to pick. No, moments. I would agree as well. I would agree. Yeah. Have you got anything else? No, I've got nothing else. You've got nothing else. I've got nothing else. Shocking. This was a spillover episode. This was just the stuff we didn't cover in the last one. We'll do one more, I reckon. Favourite holiday memory or memory abroad? Doesn't again. Oh my God. Before you get <coughs> dickish on me. Just pick a few nice moments like, from like okay, no, I have one. holiday. Yeah. Because, you know, Jake's had What's his habit yours? in this episode, a bit like Tyson Fury did in his interview with uh, True Geordie, where it was just like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to talk to you. Uh, and I'm going to answer. A bit like Michael Levise last night I after scoring. I don't have an issue. He answered the questions. To be honest with you, instantly it pisses me off that people are criticising him because no one said fuck all when Erling Haaland was doing it at Dortmund so shut your mouth also when you see the reactions of likes of Zaha and uh, Ebre Eze yeah. and they're like they they find it so funny that he does his interviews like that yeah. and I think part of the reason he does it is because he knows that. his, his squad lungs. are going to enjoy it yeah. yeah but it's so funny when like how, how what did it feel like to score a goal he was like really yeah good, good. Yeah. that took me through a goal he was like yeah he passed it to me I scored yeah. I don't know what you want Yeah, I don't know what you want out of that but yeah, yeah sorry what are your <coughs> what were holiday, mem- holiday memories? You didn't give me yours. I asked you the question. Oh my, okay, so when we were in America, in LA, yeah. and we did our beach day. Okay. And we plonked ourselves down on the sand, and there was like a a little bank, like a drop between where we were and yeah. the sea. Okay. Um, you know, it was a good few feet after the drop. 
<coughs> going out to the ocean. Um, the Pacific Ocean, I've been there on a break. It's kind of no big deal. Beautiful. We drowned you in the Pacific Ocean. I, I know, the, I was the, there. The, the cut out. Um, you were there, and then you weren't. I was there that in was spirit. The, that was the last day you were there. Yeah. Because we binned you after that. Yeah. Because we don't leave you in the ocean, that's just... No, I think you could have folded me up and brought me home. Do you know what I mean? Mate, it would have been cheap to get a ticket on the plane. Honestly. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> that's his exact words as well. Because Lindsay asked him while we were away, was like, why didn't you bring the cut out back? And he was like, because I weren't paying that sort of money to Mate, bring no way. Back. I love you. Just like, be cheaper to get we, a new one. Genuinely, when we got it, we were like, can't get rid of it, can't say no to this, we can't kill it, I love it too much. We yeah. both kept saying it through the whole ship, we are like, it's the yeah. best thing we've ever bought. But then bought. you're not paying 300-odd As soon as that go. quote came back, it was like, do you know what? I can let him go. Yeah. I'm okay with it. He can die. <laughs> Instantly, I'm fine. <laughs> we both had that click moment. We were like, well, guess he's dying. Yep. It was a very big swing, yeah. So we no, I can understand that. <coughs> we were on this beach, and, <laughs> you know, it was quite funny as well, because we'd already had a few laughs. Me and Ash sort of stood on the edge looking out, and um, the sand beneath him gave way, and he fell down this bank. <laughs> and as I'm standing there pissing myself laughing, the sand beneath me gave way, oh, and, and I fell down. as well. It, it, was, it was very funny. And at one point, so Alex was just laying up on the top. Alex, who we need to get back on to do a proper, fair talk with. Mm. Alex is laying on the top and he just, he's just like oh, it makes me laugh even still I love that so much it's so cruel and I thought I was, I'd was i gone for a little swim and I thought you know what I wonder if I could get up that bank in one because it was quite steep I thought I could get up without using my hands okay. I wonder if I could just like run it so I did a couple of steps and I, I sort of did it and as I, I looked up just in time to see the last of the sand land on Alex where I'd kicked up an enormous amount of sand <laughs> And it all landed on him. Yeah. I mean, it was horrendous. I mean, it was everywhere. And I laughed so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and he was so angry. I he can was imagine. just having a, he's just sort of woken up from a nice little nap in the sun. Yeah. And a rain Covered. of sand. <laughs> Someone's trying to bury him. And I mean, I cannot express to you how much sand I managed to kick up and how unfortunate that it all went at him. <laughs> like the direction was all him. And it was just I just looked up enough just just to catch it landing. Yeah. Because like I said, I did like two footfalls. Mm. So there was like two scoops of sand coming his way and I just saw the, the second scoop <laughs> and I just found it so funny. And even now, as cruel as it sounds, you that, still find it hilarious. that picture in well, my it head, it still makes me laugh. Yeah. And <coughs> I know how angry Alex, he gets so angry, he ends up going silent for quite a bit. Yeah. Jake's just being unprofessional with a mouthful of water, folks because my throat was hurting from the laughter because <laughs> uh, it makes me laugh so much I think that says a lot about and then you. we went on holiday we went on holiday recently and we were on a beach and he got he got some sand on me and I was like bro and he was like oh how's it fucking feel he's like <laughs> you don't get to say shit yeah you he's can like, shut you don't mouth. get to say shit about sand being put on someone else no, no. Like you're that. not the victim here, Jim. Like fair enough. You owe me a lot of sand. Yeah. If we're doing it on a like a one for one basis. Any other funny holiday moments or memorable moments? Yeah, there was a moment when I was on holiday in Turkey. Yeah. My family. We did Jeep Safari. Loved a Jeep Safari. It was oh, great nice. fun. What did you say? Um all, all sorts of we did like waterfall. Um Any animals? Know, carpet things. Well, no, so, but this is the thing, okay. So, no, and we did a monastery. I, I well. don't know what you'd see <coughs> in Turkey in terms of it animals, so, to be um, fair. It was so good. So we got in and there were all these like water bottles and stuff like with no lids on and stuff. And we were like, it's fucking ridiculous. Like it's taking up all the room. Get them out. And the guy just couldn't understand why we did that. Realised why, isn't it? 
because as you're driving around, there's like three or four jeeps, and you all have water fights with each other as you're driving along the road. Oh, okay. So we just got rid of all our weapons. Yeah. So that was genius. Poor. But um, no, the, the the tour guide did this thing when we were at this sort of like waterfall, really shallow water, and he went. If you look really closely, you can see the blue fish. And everyone went in and then he went, bosh, 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 splash everyone. And it was hilarious. <laughs> and after he'd done it, I went, can you all start splashing so I can see the fucking fish, please? <laughs> There's no fish. There's no fish. No. I was just committed to it. And I was like, for about, for quite a while, someone had to come and say to me, because I was just stood There's there no looking for fish a fish. Joke. Someone was like, it's it's a ruse. Like, yeah. it's to get you all down yeah. so they get can you smash all it. Yeah. And I was just convinced that all these people are scared off to fucking fish <laughs> coming here splashing around the place. <laughs> Um, I was about, I was 16. Yeah. So old enough to know better, really. Really, yeah. I would agree. What about yourself? What's your holiday memories? <coughs> uh, one of my all-time favourite ones was um, in Turkey as well, actually. Um, I went on holiday with a mutual friend, also called Andrew. Um, and we went to Turkey and we signed up for like a load of different activities. One of which was paragliding. Even though my dad expressly told me when i was going away with his no family no like dangerous shit and i thought paragliding was off the back of the boat yep fair enough and uh, so i was like well that's not really dangerous i'm like tethered to a boat it's cool and then like the night before me and andrew were sharing a room you're like i'm, I'm a pretty badass guy so i don't know if that's dangerous to someone like me <laughs> i'm pretty cool well it just doesn't seem dangerous you, you've got a parachute i'm pretty tough you're so tethered to a boat the guy's got well, i say with the paragliding you you tethered in um but, but yeah, and then Andrew's saying, uh, I said to him, I'm really f- looking forward to the paragliding tomorrow. And he was like, yeah, me too. The only problem is the ride up the mountain. And I was like, what do you mountain. mean? Mountain? Kind of in the mountain. And he, he was, I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you know, you go in like this truck that barely has sides and you go up these really tight gravel roads up to the top of the mountain. And I was like, why are we going to the top of the mountain? So you could jump off it. And that's what he said. And I was like, but how are they going to get the tether from the top of the mountain to the boat? And he just looked at me and was like, is this actually happening? And I was just like, I sat, I sat there for a minute and went, oh, fuck, are we running off a mountain? And he was like, yeah, that's what paragliding is. And I was like, oh, fuck. But at this point, I'd you already committed. paid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I didn't want to pussy out. And he was right. The like, you need to shit yourself just getting up to the top of the mountain. And I've seen videos of the exact mountain now. It's so much different. It's been built up. They've got proper roads. It's all been made a bit more safe. I did it like ten years previous when it was. It still felt safe, but like, there's nothing on top of this mountain except for you. Do you know what I mean? Um, I would love to do that. I've never done paragliding. I would it, love it, to do paragliding. Honestly, one of the best things I've ever done. And Andrew had to go first. And as they started running, because what they do, they get the parachute unfurled and start to get it to catch the wind, and they wait for a strong wind, and then you run to the edge. And as you get to the edge, you lift off, so you don't actually go over the edge and, like, drop or anything. Um, And Andrew was going first, and they get about halfway towards the edge, and they start screaming stop, and it's because the wind just went dead and the parachute dropped. (laughs) So it meant they would have just fell off the edge. Um and then Andrew suddenly went from being really cocky and calm to have done it himself. before to being like, oh, fuck, we're actually in trouble here. And then they still made him go first. And I remember him just like hearing his screams <laughs> as he was going off. Uh, and then when I did it, I'd taken two pairs of shoes on the holiday with me. One was a pair of canvas shoes and one was flip-flops. So I was wearing Thanks canvas shoes with like, <coughs> they were quite loose as well. Like every time I walked, my heels would come out. And I've got to run off the edge of a cliff with shoes that are going to... And literally as we're running... 
halfway, one of my shoes starts to come off, and I manage to hook it with my foot as we're like gliding off. And then mid air, I'm trying to get my shoe back on because I didn't want to lose it because then I land at the bottom with just one shoe. <laughs> uh, but you're in the air for a good, and we flew over somewhere called the Blue Lagoon, and it was a beautiful beach and a lovely resort. It was just phenomenal. You're in the air for a good 40 minutes, just gliding down. And the guy handed me this camera to film it. And then he was like, uh, you want to steer? And I was like, oh, yeah. No. What? No. Well, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. We're so different. And then... and then You don't need to know. I you steer. It's I like, see down you know. below us, because obviously Andrew's been gone a little bit. He's spiralling. Like they're doing this spiral. And I was like, what the... F-? He was like... Oh, it's spiral. You want to do? And I was like, No, I fucking don't, mate. Oh, I just want to make. No, <laughs> I just want to make my. I way definitely down. would steer. Uh, I definitely have a go. No, and I, I was shitting myself just holding the camera. I didn't want to drop it, uh, and it was like on a selfie stick. And then coming into the hand, um, he'd said to me when we first were like started floating because you sort of have to hoist yourself into this sort of seat that's built into the parachute, that, and you're both sitting in it because um, I had the guy, I'm strapped to someone, basically. And uh, as we're coming, and, yeah, he said to me, as we're coming into land, I'll tell you, you start running in the air. He's like, just start running. Yeah, because that's how you land. Yeah, and I was like, okay, that's cool. So in my head, I'm like, I'm waiting for him to tell me when to start running. So we're getting lower and lower, and he's and he was like, yeah, we'll be coming into land in a second. And I'm like, all right, well, he hasn't, he said, but he didn't say start running. So we're getting lower and lower. And in my head, I'm like, at what point? And he never said anything. So I landed arse first at uh-huh. the end. Uh, and I said, I kept saying, and I, you hear it in the video, me going, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and afterwards, I said to Andrew, I was like, you're supposed to tell me to fucking run. And he was like, yeah, but at what point is it on you? To as you're running. coming in to realise like, when you're... When you're at least 10 feet off the ground. Yeah, so maybe like, I should like, start, start running. running. <laughs> but yeah, that was brilliant. Um, Any others? Um... There's been like some really funny moments. Like, I can't remember where we were. I was quite young and it was a family holiday and we were like on this mountain and it turned out we were going the wrong way. So we had to turn around and like there was no point. We'd have to basically go all the way around the mountain to then turn around and come all the way back around the mountain again. So my dad was like, well, we're going to have to turn around. And I think it was like quite dark as well. So in the middle of the night on the mountain road, my dad had to reverse. And literally we were, I think, right on the edge about to go over. That was quite scary. And I remember Sounds like you had it under control. Yeah. Um, other moments was like when we were in Tenerife, um, there was the moment with one of our friends after he got laid the next morning. The I love you. The I love you. Yeah, I love uh, you when she looks into my eyes. <laughs> Or when I look into her, her eyes or something. Another one was Alex trying to talk in another language to stop this girl going away with water aerobics. another guy. The water aerobics, that guy just ripping into me constantly. Well, it was like the first day we did it and it was like, this is nice and gentle and it was like a couple of old ladies in there and they'd obviously yeah. been put off by us. So the second day, when we were hanging, yeah. the old ladies were like, well, we're not going to join in with the <clears throat> all those lads. Yeah. And then he was like, right, I've just got lads with me. Let's yeah. go for it. And while well, hanging, I mean, really <laughs> hanging. I never thought I was going to get through that. No. But it was a good time. A couple remember, of times I thought I was going to throw up. I remember playing water polo and the ball went out to the deep end and me and you were on opposite teams and we both were swimming after it. And because obviously you're a bit smaller and you're a bit quicker, you were ahead of me. And just as you were about to reach the ball, yeah, I remember by me. your trunks just put you down me. and got the ball and... Yeah, 
That's good. I'm and sure it was. I'm sure Ash you assaulted it. you on that holiday. Oh, that no, what, was that that holiday? I'm pretty sure it's the first <coughs> one. No, it's, I think that's the second. No, it's the second one. Are you sure? Yeah, because I missed the boat day because of it. Oh uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so, no, I've I've had loads of lovely like family holidays and stuff. No, um, we've had lucky. I've had, had some in this country as well that were like yeah. really nice moments. Yeah, I'd say as an adult as well, like some really nice. Yeah, going like playing golf. Yeah, in like Cornwall. It's quite nice. I mean, Alex giving us some absolute Alex moments. Alex giving us the, the seminal Alex moment. By the way, we were playing golf in Cornwall, and we'd watched these. We were like, "Oh, should we wait and let them play through?" Because like golf etiquette suggests that if the people behind you are faster, you let them go. You stop and you let yeah. them play, and then you let them go in front of you. Um, and this 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 first one teed off, and we were like, oh, "I think we've got to let these guys play." Second one teed off, we were like, "Yeah, okay, we'll wait." Yeah. So Alex has like sparked up a fag, and we're just standing there waiting for him having a chat. <clears throat> but the third one was not good. So yeah. He teed off like straight into the woods and then he like struggled out and yeah. he gets there. And we, we, you know, we'd had this sort of thing like, oh, we probably would have been all right, to be honest, going. <laughs> but then they turn up and I think, I'm sure I've told this story on the pod before, but it's so good. And then they turn up and they go, and they go, and we're like, go on guys, go ahead. <clears throat> and we, and we sort of joked and went, well, we saw you teeing off. We knew we were going to have to let you, you know, yeah. we knew. and Alex went, yeah, well, we saw the, we saw you two teeing off. Then we saw you teeing off. And it's like, bro, the guy's having a bad enough day. He does not need to yeah, be called out for it. He looks so angry, that guy. If looks, you know, when people say if looks could kill, yeah. Alex would be dead. That guy would have murdered him. Yeah. And the thing is, Alex is harmless. <clears throat> he wouldn't have meant it. It was that. just so funny though. It yeah. was just so good. Well, the thing is, I don't think everyone else is like our group of friends in the self-deprecating sense of just being open about how shit you are at things. No, oh, and being able to call each other out for being shit. Yeah, so that when like so you funny. then come into oh, other people, goodness. you just assume. Oh, that's so him. good. Just, just him turning off me and like, well, we saw you two and we thought you were all right. <laughs> then we saw this guy for bloody hell. Yeah, bless <clears> him. <throat> Alex is a good egg. It's funny. Yeah, this is good, but it was so funny. Mm. That was a good. That was a good holiday moment. Alex is like a ball of like he's just there for so many moments like funny moments whether he's just there for it or was a part of it or caused it he's just one of those ever present yeah good lad good lad we'll have to get him back on soon yeah we do um but yeah i think that's a pod mate i think it is i think that's an episode i think that's a pod congratulations uh, sir yeah you too an episode well done an episode well done. Um, but guys, let us know what you think of the episode. Let us know if there's anything you'd like us to talk about. Please share, like, and subscribe. Tell us and your own um, holiday memories and yeah. bad customer service experiences. Yeah. Tell us the worst experience you've <coughs> ever had. Let us know how bad it can How get can they tell us? They can tell us, Jake. It's very good you asked that question. Thank you. Uh, and it'll be somewhere here on the screen. Uh, but you can find us on Twitter at Swords Crossing, on Facebook just Crossing Swords. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Crossing Swords underscore podcast, and you can email us at Crossing Swords one nine at gmail dot com. Yes, you can. And I think we'll call it a pod. Yes, we can. We'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>